So Steve has, turns out he doesn't actually listen back to the podcast. And since taking over editing, I've decided to stitch him up a bit and see how long it'll take him for, for, me, uh, for him to notice when I put in certain audio tracks, which he's not aware of. So I, I record mainly the whole, probably about an hour, an hour and a half when we, when we get together. I record it all, chop it up and put it all together. But there's some, some outtakes that Steve does. He either get his vocal cords warmed up or sometimes he sings during the song intro. So I've decided to chuck in a little bit, snippets here and there into the intro just to see how long it'll take him for, no, him for notice. So you'll see it in the last episode was the first one. He's done another one again tonight. So um, I'll put it in and uh, let us know your thoughts. Cucumber asparagus. Cucumber asparagus. That's what I do. It's like what they get... Um like background artists to say and stuff in the back of movies and it's a good uh, vocal warm-up cucumber asparagus cucumber asparagus because it makes you look like you're having a conversation with people you're listening to inside the 22 fix of ruggers and another whitewash for the New Zealand teams. Yep, that takes it to 0-10 now. Um, not looking too good for the Australian sides at the back end of round two of Super Rugby Trans-Tasman. Have you seen the meme that's going around on Facebook with people with the name Owen? Yes, so it goes uh, Owen Farrell, then Owen Franks, and then Owen 10, and with the picture of all five of the Australia Super Rugby team logos. It's quite funny. Yeah, I have seen that. Didn't, didn't chuckle. Felt sad, actually. Did you feel uh, sad about that? I, yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't mind a bit of balanced competition, but um, those games that we thought might get up, um, they didn't. No. It was a, this was definitely a more convincing whitewash than last week with a couple games being close, but uh, this week, not so many. How about the Crusaders absolutely blowing the doors off the Brumbies? Richie Moranga could be off one the of Reds. the best ever. Oh, the Reds, sorry. The Reds. Um, Richie Moronga could be one of the best ever. No, I'm calling it now. You called it last week. I it's, called it now, and I'm calling it again. It's still as untrue this week as it is. Who scores a hat trick, kicks nine conversions? He must have got man of the match, surely. Yeah, he got player of the round. Oh, of course he did, because so, he's too. probably one of the best ever. Untrue. But anyway, moving on. Next week's another week. Hopefully we can get some uh, Aussie teams to get over the line and uh, get a big W next to their name. Should we uh, have a look back at some of the games from last round? Let's do it. So, start at the start. Hurricanes against the Rebels. Pretty even game, this one. Yeah, scoreline doesn't show the actual sort of competitiveness of the game. Similar to the Rebels Blues first round in the first half. Yeah, score ended up being 35-13, but that was two late tries to the Hurricanes to really sort of put it to bed. The Rebels looked good early on. Um, Some good phase play, but things that are annoying me and taking me to my wit's end. Is it Matt Tamu's kicking? Well, not just Matt Tamu, it's just It seems like, collectively, all the Australian teams, particularly early on in the game, are just trying to put boot to ball. Um, Tamu, after about a minute and a half of some good, solid face play, just puts a bit of a nothing grubber in behind the Canes line, but only... He kicked it from about his 40-metre line into, into the 22. And it just seemed to... 
bit of a no it was just a nothing kick and then just gives possession away. So and it's that's a a common theme amongst the Australian team so far in the Trans Tasman comp. I think they just need to go early on, come out guns blazing. Because they had the crack. they had the crack basically in that first half. The first half was pretty tight there, um, and I thought they were doing pretty well up until just after half time. Yeah, and it, even even after half time, it, it wasn't really a definitive win up until about sixty five minutes in. Um, at at fifty five minutes in, there was what was possibly the most physical five phases of rugby I've ever witnessed, with boys just getting absolutely minced. Um, Nicerani got picked up and driven backwards. Then there was a turnover, and then all of a sudden the Rebels were putting shots on. Um, but yeah, it was still a very close game. Well, not, the scoreline might not say it was very close, but it was still comp very competitive, and the Rebels were still in it well until that 55, 60 minute mark, and then it just sort of got away with from, from them at the end. But yeah, Julian Sevilla coming back to uh, Super Rugby. Honestly, how slow? <laughs> he's quick enough to get over the uh, the the try line for two tries you know, against the Rebels though, but he he's certainly lost a touch of pace. But does doesn't seem to matter. He's still got enough of it to uh, bag himself a double. Uh, I thought he was pretty good. Got an intercept try, scored another one off the back where he was just running a really good support line, which is another area where um, the Kiwi teams this year have just been so much better. Not only this year, uh, if you look back in most recent years as well. Just their, particularly their nines run really good support lines. Aaron Smith scores basically all his trials off it. So too just did Perinara. Um, but another showing where the Kiwi team just have that edge over the Australian teams. It was evident again in um, it was really, uh, Proctor's try with a nine just run an awesome su uh, support line and then just got it out the, out the door. A little backhand offload for Proctor to go under the sticks. Um, but yeah, also it was really good was Wes Hoyson. Um He made a, about a 40 metre run where he beat nine defenders and it took Tamua as the 10th tackler to actually bring him down, which was amazing and ended up being uh, off the, set up for another Hurricanes try in the midfield. Now, moving on to the force against the Highlanders. I've got a very big problem with this game, to be honest, Dales. What's that? Mm, well, in one of my bets, I had the force at nine and a half on the line. And in the other one of my bets, I had the Highlanders at nine and a half on the line. And the Highlanders won by 10. So neither of my bets could continue. Uh, and I was very disappointed. How does that work? Because if you have them on both nine and a half... I had the Highlanders at minus nine and a half and the Force at plus nine and a half. Yeah, Highlanders minus nine and a half wins if they get up by 10. Mm. You had them at 10 and a half. The line moved. Maybe the line moved. It had to, because if you have minus nine and if you have minus nine and a half and plus nine and a half, I'm actually going to check it this. Up. It's because the line moved. We talked about this on on Saturday night. Why does the line move? Because when money this, this when money comes in a certain way, the the betting companies need to make sure that they've got equal money on both sides, so that no matter what they offer less than two dollars, they make money. But. Does it not count for when you put the bet on or the line is constantly moving? No, check your bet. I guarantee you you've got the Highlanders, uh, my, uh, it'd be minus 10.5 and the Force plus 9.5 or the other way around. Because there's no way that you could have them both at 9.5 and, and lose. While Steve's getting his bet slip up. Correct. I yes, had the Highlanders at uh, 9.5 and the Force uh, on head-to-head. -head. Ah, so yeah, okay. And that is why... Don't chase your losses. But if the Highlanders won by 10, having them at minus 9.5 still wins. 
It did win, yes. Yes, there you go. <laughs> correct. A couple extra dollars. Oh, and that would have been in a multi, which definitely would have lost. Yeah, correct. Yeah. But back to the game. Just as after we've given Steve a, a brief little educational session on how betting works and why maybe he's not so good at it. Um, this game was basically the Aaron Smith and Shannon Frizzell show. Aaron Smith was absolutely amazing. Um, barking his orders around the forward pack all game. You could hear him just getting picked up on the ref mic. Um, for the full 80 minutes and if there are any nines out there in Australian rugby that want to base their game off someone at the moment look no further than one Aaron Smith just don't go into a disabled cubicle at Christchurch airport mm, correct should we talk about the game at all yep Highlanders yep. got out to an early 12 and a half lead through Aaron Smith again running a great line off the back of a line out cheeky backhanded offload to put Jonah Recchi under the sticks and then second try was a classy line-out move, hitting Frizzell at the front, and then a powerful rolling maul. Scott Gregory went through for the third try, which took it out to 20-3 to three early doors. But then the force hitting back through their own halfback, Thomas Cuvelli. He's good. Yeah, Argentinian international. who found Ola Fella. Who is also good. Yep, another English international. Well, he's not international. He's not an international. He's seventh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, yeah, he had the ball stripped off of him, but uh, Cuvelli scooped it up. Bit of nice footwork and got him under the black dot. And then there was a last-minute try from Wagner to bring the margin to within 10. Set up with a juicy offload. From the, the best-looking man in the world. The most handsome man in uh, world rugby. Uh, don't, don't. It doesn't need to stop at world rugby. <laughs> it can be world's most handsome man. None other than Richard Kahui, who uh, yeah got it back to 10. And then Domingo Miotti hit the upright to miss the final conversion again two weeks in a row. Last week was for the win. This one would have seen the second leg, my multi-win. Obviously not as important, but uh, needs to work on those clutch kick, kicking uh, escapades, does the Argentinian fly-half. Mm, Tars Blues, pretty lively from the Waratahs, it's got to be said. They were right in it. Half-time, I think the score was 22-14. There, there was, was value on the Tars. There's always value on the Tars. Um, kept it in line. Um, with the line being offered by the bookies, which was a 34 and a half was generous. That's a huge line. But uh, as I predicted last week, it was in that 25 to 30 point margin, 20, 27 in the end, with Blues getting up 48 to 21. But a lot of the tries coming off the back of the Waratahs' own mistakes. There was a lot, of, a couple of intercept balls thrown, a knock-on here and there, like just a stupid penalty for an offside and quick taps, just setting up a lot of tries. But... Um, it was still quite inaccurate in midfield defence, however. Promising signs, though. Yeah, and when, when a lot of the tries come off the back of your own mistakes, if you just don't make those mistakes, then those points don't get scored. As easy as, as, a lot easier said than done. But if you look at the game, there's actually a lot, a lot of positives to take out for the Tars. But um, maybe the epitome of the current state of Australian rugby was debutant James Turner was on the sting for the Tars, who in multiple times got caught in defence literally just falling over <laughs> um, and it turns out that he didn't take metal studded boots over to New Zealand that is village apparently bloke probably never been to New Zealand doesn't know it gets a bit cold and wet over there a bit rainy on a Friday sounds night. like you Dallas were you playing on the wing for the oh, Tars well, definitely wasn't um yeah, only took mild sided boots so there's four different occasions where he attempts to make a tackle three of them lead to tries um, so maybe all the tyres need are instead of a, a set of, I don't know, 18 mil stars. 21s. 20, Get them out. 21s, they'll be too heavy for a winger, but oh, maybe right in six, six studded 18 mils. Uh, and uh, Or high-ankled 
24. I'll get those Gilbert boys. Get the out. 24s with the steel toe caps, eight studs, all 24s. And they're like that wrestling is, boots. They go up to your, like your mid-ankle. That's how you want to play the game. Yeah, it literally looked like a fourth-grade subbies player was trying to tackle Jonah Lomu. That's how embarrassing it was. Are you talking about Jonah Lomu's trying the Rugby World Cup against England? Well, that, yeah, that, that also it looked very much like that. Mm, no good. No, but uh, Will Harrison started at 15 this week off the back of uh, an injury, uh, which meant the back line had to be re- reshuffled. And he looked good coming back in his second game. Second time he's played since he missed uh, about three months due to injury. Jake Gordon was good again, scored a 60-meter intercept try, organized his forwards well, and then Charlie Gamble was quite accurate and solid around the breakdown, getting quite a few pilfers this week, and he seems to be improving every week. So there's a lot of, lot of positives to take out for the Tars. But, Who's uh, coming out of the Blues? Bryce Heen played pretty well, three tries. Oh, mate. R- r- a Kiwi recruit from Worcester, where he's been tearing up trees in the Premiership. Yeah, no, he bagged a very good hat-trick on the sting. All of his tries... A lot of them came off the back of Waratah's mistakes. Um, however, there's a lot of a big solo effort from him to actually convert those mistakes into the five-pointers. So big ups to him. But, yeah, once again, Blue's just too clinical in attack and defence to uh, get themselves a W over another Aussie team. Mm, Brumbies against the Chiefs. Our oh, Brumbies getting absolutely pummeled by a big old Kiwi fallback. Yeah, if, if Rob Valentini doesn't score that last try, it would have been the biggest uh, loss the Brumbies have ever had against the Chiefs. But um, luckily, that little seven-pointer brought it a little bit closer in the end. But th- this game was one of the most frustrating games I've ever watched. Could have been a bigger win as well, had Damien McKenzie brought his kicking boots. Yeah, he missed a couple, didn't he? And the first one was about oh, 20 metres too far to the right. But um, no, the biggest difference between these two teams was the Chiefs seemed to somehow win every single collision battle. Um, their forwards are 95% of the time getting over the gain line, which just means that Damon McKenzie's controlling a back line, which is moving forward, which is, makes your job 10 times easier if you're at fly half. And then he just carved up with Leonard Brown, um, all thanks to the Chiefs forward pack. When's Gary Neville coming back? Yeah, so this was so evident. The, the Brumbury scrum is suffering big time without uh, Gary Neville, James Slipper, and Pete Samu. Not that Pete Samu would do a whole lot of pushing, but he just adds a lot of weight um, to, that, that, to the scrum, and so, so too would Gary Neville. Nick Frost, we've, we've, we've raved about... He played about, well. Yeah, he, he did play well. We've raved about his potential, but he's about 70 kilos dripping wet, and the bloke's six foot five. So bring back big 30-year-old Gary Neville. Probably, oh, yeah. Probably, probably running a 110, 115-kilo frame at the very least. Um, and then Pete Samu's obviously got a... Big old caboose behind him, get that engine room going. Um, he'll, they'll be massive when they come back. Uh, but I thought Solomon and Carter was good again. I thought Lonigan was uh, Ryan Lonigan was quite good. Um, he had very little clean ball, very little uh, of an established platform to work with, so he managed that quite well. Lachlan Lonigan again was everywhere. Steve's favourite Colt in um, Australian rugby. Right at the oh, moment. he's good. He's he's everywhere for the Brumbies at the moment. I think he might have uh, solidified his starting jersey over Falau Fringa, who's been. A bit lacklustre. He's scoring tries, but just a bit, bit lacklustre around the park. But, um, yeah, to finish off, the Chiefs forwards were just way too good and just gave that platform for Mackenzie and Leonard Brown to tear up in the attack in the back line. Yeah, moving on to the last game of the round, an absolute toweling up. This, this game... Was ridiculous. It's crazy. Um, the Reds in the first Who five Who takes minutes, 60 at home? Well, the Reds, 60 the Reds points! That's embarrassing. Yeah, but they looked really, really crash hot in the first five minutes. 
made one error, Rich Mwanga scooped up a loose pass and scored the first of his three tries. And ever since then, it was all Wall Crusaders. Way traffic. Yeah. Poor. The scoreline was at 28-0 after about 20 minutes. Richie scored two of those, I think. Um, and then the Reds hit back just before halftime through a cheeky little snipe from Tate the Snake. Um, but yeah, a few more tries early in the second half cemented the game for the Crusaders. The Reds then conceding a yellow card and a penalty try simultaneously with uh, a bit of a mix-up. The Reds 17, it was a replacement prop, was the uh, offender. However, the ref only saw the, the number seven on his back. So Fraser McWright had a, a one-minute spell in the naughty corner before the Reds, uh, before the ref... A case of mistaken identity. Yeah, there. I mean, he's wearing, a, he's wearing a bright red and white headgear. I think... Nah, I could cut him apart, him. to be yeah. honest, from the loose head prop he's replacement. Also, he's also about five foot ten and 110 kilos. He's stocky as Fook. And uh, the prop's about five foot ten and probably about 130 kilos. So I don't know how that... There's that no way McWright is 110 kilos. Absolutely and not. He's stocky as fuck, mate. He's 95. Maybe. Anyway. But um, it, it, it took a yellow card to spark a bit of uh, brilliance from the Reds. I scored... 14 points in that 10 minute spurt yeah with 14 men yeah the first was Harry Wilson charges down a kick oh how about that shooting dude gathers and then throws a no look offload behind the head to Vinavalu beats a couple of tackles to, to score his, uh, his first try of the game and then two minutes later Harry Wilson down the short side ball in one hand very water polo-esque and just throws the biggest piece of candy I've ever seen from a, look, from a back rower in history of rugby and uh, it worked so well that George, uh, Will Jordan ended up tackling his own player in Seve Reese. Um, and Harry Wilson went untouched to score in the corner. Not enough to bring him back in contention because the game was well and truly gone by that stage. But promising signs from the young 21-year-old back rower. Mm, not a great game from Paisami coming back from injury with a broken face. Getting absolutely smoked oh, by Braden Ennell. He's usually on the, the other end of these. Um, Ennall's just absolutely lined him up. O'Connor's thrown a big old hospital pass. May as well have called the ambulance for him as well um, about five minutes before he threw it because that thing was horrific. Paisami's jumped up in the air to take him and Ennall has timed this to a T and smacked Paisami about five metres back and into next week. But uh, yeah, all in all, we saw the true Crusaders come out after a close, uh, close win the, the week prior against the Brumbies, they came out absolutely hosed them. I'm concerned for the Waratahs. Yeah, well, I'd like to voice a public service announcement that I am concerned for the I'm, Waratahs. I'm concerned for every other team that's got to face them. They've, they've, they've faced the, the top two teams this year in, in Australian rugby and the Brumbies and Reds, so watch out for the next three weeks. The Crusaders are going to put some points on. My goodness. So let's have another look ahead to the Super Rugby. I'm thoroughly enjoying this Trans-Tasman comp. It's fantastic. It's great footy being played. It's 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 some great quality footy. All pretty high-scoring games in the most part. Um, so let's look ahead. Game number one of the weekend, Friday night. The Hurricanes against the Force. For me, game's 13+. plus. Yeah, Artie Sevilla is returning from injury. He'll be starting on the bench. The bus, Julian Sevilla, is being rested in this game, but they've still got Lamalpi in the midfield. So I think this might be a game that the Aussie team can get up this week. I don't see many other teams in with a shot judging from last week's performance, but I'm going to go Canes 1-12 to take it uh, on the Friday night. 
No guesses as to where your money's going on the Waratahs against the Crusaders, is there? Imagine if the, the Waratahs paying $26 for the second week in a row. Again, Imagine. Back-to-back weeks have been the longest odds ever. Stay away. There's value on the Tars, <laughs> but not this week if you're going by the margin or head-to-head. Is it in Christchurch as well? Uh, no, it's in Wollongong. Oh, it's in Wollongong, in sorry. Wollongong. Yeah, yeah, so maybe... A stadium that the Crusaders have never played at before? Maybe. There's a first time for everything. Could be the first time the Crusaders win outside of uh, Sydney in, uh, against New South Wales and in Australia. So who knows? But Crusaders are back. Uh, this could be big. They weren't really gone at any point. They weren't themselves against the Brumbies and they were a bit iffy in a couple of games in the Aotearoa uh, competition. But they're back. It's, it's going to be big. Crusaders 13+. plus. Blues against the Brumbies. This all depends on which Brumbies side shows up. If we get the Brumbies from round one, or the Brumbies who are at their best in the in the Super Rugby AU, they're in with a real hot crack to get a W. But if it's Brumbies from last week, it's going to be Blues 13 plus again. I reckon it's probably more likely because of the injuries and the, the player depth the Brumbies are sort of lacking at the moment. I'm, I'm thinking probably the Blues 13 plus, probably around 15 to 20 points. Uh, I reckon this one could be a bit closer. I'm hesitant to go one to twelve I'm, versus thirteen. I'm plus. hesitant, but you can only go off recent form. They've come, which they, isn't they, great. They came up well against the the Crusaders, but they're still missing that those three key for, uh, big forward players. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be Blues. Reds Chiefs. Are we giving the Reds any hope of a fight back after last week? A, uh, a comeback from that taking 60 oh, at home well it depends again depends what team rocks up if it's it's the team from Super Rugby Final or the two two games they played against uh, the Brumbies earlier in the season then the Reds are probably should be favourites but we saw what happened when they dropped 63 points at home last week so if it's anything like that Chiefs will do it 13 plus but for me I think it's going to be a bit closer and I'm going to tip Chiefs 1 to 12 and the final game of the round, the Highlanders against the Rebels. What are the odds on the Rebels being within five points at halftime and Highlanders going on to win 13 plus? That's the question I want to know. That's a very niche market. I think you might have to call Sportsbet for that one. Mm, give me some good odds on that, Sportsbet, if you're listening. But, uh, yeah, judging on form, the, the Rebels, they're, they're probably at the low end of the, the, the transaction competition in terms of form. They got 50 put on them in round one. They looked all right last week, a um, couple of different members in the back line that sort of bolstered their attack a bit. But um, unless they can get Corabetti involved early, get him over the chalk for his first try of 2021, it's not looking good. There's a bit of speculation about whether this game's actually going to go ahead. Is this game going to go ahead? Because at this stage, uh, Victoria recorded another six cases on Wednesday. Travel bubble to be unsuspended uh, as it stands on Friday night. Yeah, they... uh, Well, at least they can blame jet lag. Yeah, they put in place a 72-hour pause on the travel bubble with Victoria, which started on Tuesday. Rebels are set to fly out Friday morning. So provided it doesn't get extended... Fly out Saturday, blame the, blame the jet lag. Yeah, well, it might be one of those games where they go, they can either postpone it or they might just split the points. And Rebels would, would take that, wouldn't they? They would take that and run because that could actually... Dependent on other outcomes earlier in the weekend. That could boost them up the table. They could get up to sixth as they could get as high as sixth and be the top Aussie team, depending on bonus points and potential wins. So I think the Rebels would take that two hands and say, thank you, we won't fly over, save the freaking fly points somewhere else, uh, maybe mid- mid-season holiday. But um, yeah, if the Landers are as good as they were last week with Aaron Smith and Shannon Frizzell running around, 
Landers 13 plus. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that one. However, I do am hesitant to put some bets on now that I've remembered about the travel bubble. Yeah. Could all be returns there. Well, that, that prediction of the Canes 1 to 12, Crusaders 13 plus, Blues 13 plus, Highlanders 13 plus, and Chiefs 1 to 12, that pays $38. Mm, value. That's not a bad little $5. Uh, just a little chucker, chucker on. $5 doesn't hurt. Doesn't. Doesn't hurt anyone. Put feel, one on for me. Feels good when you get 195 bucks back. It would, it would, it would. And that pretty much brings us to the end of the podcast for the week, I think. That, that does, although you do have your phone up no, and your fingers are scrolling. No, so I, don't. I don't know what you're doing some, the edit, but you're telling lies here. There's going to be some shit joke that I've probably heard before. You probably already sent it to me earlier in the week. Uh, incorrect. You've, actually, no, you've stopped doing that because you know I call you out when you do mm, that. No, I haven't. I've yeah. never done that. You've stopped doing it. No. Just uh, get it over and done with. Dallas, I have the attention of a goldfish. That is for damn sure. Uh, seriously, he's been watching me for hours. That's not... Is that even a joke? I think that could literally happen. I think you've, uh, you're supposed to laugh at this point. Laugh. No. When you edit it, put some laughing in. Sure. You got another one? Uh, I'm just thinking of one, actually. I'm just thinking of one right now. Thinking? Yeah, thinking of one. Your thumb's moving on your phone a lot for you to be uh, thinking. Incorrect. The building a mirror factory in my town does. Yeah? I couldn't see myself couldn't working see, there. Yeah, 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 that was way yeah, too obvious. No. I'll give you one last crack to uh, redeem yourself. Right, let me think of one more. If you've got one off the top of your head or right in front of you on your screen, on your phone. Yeah. I like it when the earth rotates. Yeah. It really makes my day. Oh, my God. That's a good one. That's it's the best out of the lot. I'll give you that. Well, I came up with all of those off the top of my head. Yeah, as always. But no, that just about rounds us up. You can find us on Instagram at Inside the Twenty Two Pod, on Facebook Inside the Twenty Two. Um, DM us for your bet slips. DM us for your thoughts on whether we've hit the mark with our analysis or whether we're way off with our predictions. Because round one, we we're on the money. Round two, not so much. That's just the way it goes sometimes in the betting world, isn't it? Don't chase your losses. They can't. Oh, do chase losses. They can't run forever. <laughs> You're gonna hit one eventually. You're eventually gonna win all your money back. Well, I don't. Th- in tenfold. That's that's what they tell you. But uh, from your bet slips, you're still waiting to just get your five bucks back from last week. It's coming home, mate. It's, I hope so for your sake. Anyway, that rounds us out. We'll see you next week. <laughs>